It's been a while since the news from Greece has had much of a positive ring to it. Come to think of it, it seems like they've always had squabbles among their politicians and with their neighbor countries. And the Greeks still lag behind most of their European partners economically. But hard times seem to be yielding to a more optimistic tone these days on the streets of Athens. Two Athens-based tour guides join us now to let us in on how the scene in Greece is changing. Philippos Kanakaris and Maria Sulas, thanks for being here. Thank Thank you. you. So, Philippos, when you take somebody from far away around Greece, what's an experience you want them to be sure to have? Of course, I want them to find out about the history, the mythology, and everything that's a desire for everyone to discover in Greece. But I also try to connect them with nowadays, with the reality of modern Greece. Uh, Because we do have a history, but those of us growing up and living in Greece, we also wish and hope for a future. So I'm trying to connect the visitors with what's happening right now and how this history has informed our lives and our dreams and inspirations in life. So you've got Zeus and the Acropolis and all of the uh, Aphrodite business, but you've also got a contemporary society that has its struggles and its challenges. What's an example when you're in Athens? What's a lesson you would like people to take home with them? Well, it's a very interesting question because we do, I do take people to the archaeological sites like the Acropolis, Mm -hmm. but I also take them in the areas that are around the Acropolis, the old part of Athens, and there's an interesting thing about it because over there you will find a lot of modern street art. And uh, that's a very interesting experience for people because imagine seeing a wall with a very modern graffiti done by one graffiti artist and in the background you can see the Acropolis. So you feel that they are invited to create a kind of a sensorial bridge between the past and the future. Oh, that's very nice. And uh, I know from walking around Athens, I love to just walk aimlessly around Athens with the Acropolis always towering above me. Acropolis, by the way, means the city on the hilltop, and that's where you've got the Parthenon and the great ruins that remind us of the golden age of Greece a couple centuries before Christ. But there's a lot of tagging and a lot of ugly graffiti, and I understand, um, like in any big city in in that part of Europe, and um, I understand that a landlord or somebody who runs a business, they're going to have graffiti whether they like it or not. I understand if they hire a street artist or, or commission a street artist to really take their wall and make something beautiful, the other street artist or graffiti people will leave it alone. Absolutely, and this is very nice that you mentioned that because I, I don't like tagging and random things on the wall. But the city of Athens started this effort around the 2004 Olympics, and they gathered some of the prominent, let's say, graffiti artists of the city of Athens, and they commissioned them to paint the walls, especially the sides of the estate buildings, because nearby there's some areas that are a bit, you know, not the richest areas in the city of Athens. You're talking about a neighborhood just a few blocks away from the parliament building, I think, that is famous for anarchists. Yes, that is the neighborhood of Exarchia. Exarchia a very much misunderstood neighborhood of Athens. How is it misunderstood? Because, yes, it is a hub for the anarchists, but me growing up as a student, as a university student, it was also a spot where the free thinkers, the the young people would go, and there's affordable cafes and restaurants and bars where you can go and exchange political views, discuss about things in a matter which is not necessarily marginal or aggressive or something like that. It's free. It's a free spirit. It's very, very free. And it's very convenient because 
is if you want to go down and make some trouble, it's downhill on your scooter to the Parliament building. Exactly. And then you get all the TV cameras and the police, and you can cause some problems, and then you go back to your cafes and talk politics. Absolutely. We're practical in Greece. (laughs) Now, Maria, when we're talking about these different neighborhoods, can you explain the, the top two or three neighborhoods that a visitor might want to be aware of? Definitely the Placa. The Placa is the old city, which is situated around the base of the Acropolis, one time the residential area of the city. In my uh, understanding, that was essentially the city. The city, 200 correct. years ago, that's yeah, all there was, correct. was this little yeah. community at the base of the Acropolis. Yeah. Today, the touristy zone with all the shops and the hotels and uh, pedestrian only, and it's charming. Yes, it's beautiful. I mean, now it's been sort of reclaimed. So as you say, lovely shops and restaurants. Mm-hmm. But the wonderful thing is it's all interdispersed with the ancient ruins of the city. So you turn a corner yeah. and you have the Lysicratus Monument. And as I said, lots of lovely restaurants and cafes and handicraft stores, souvenir shops. Ancient Greek and Roman Absolutely. Ruins. Okay, Absolutely. so that's the touristy quarter. And then within a 10-minute walk from there, you've got a couple other quarters. Yeah, one of my favorite areas is uh, an area known as Psyri. And I enjoy going there because it's... Uh, Psyri, but it starts with P, P right? P-S-I-R-R-I. Yeah, it was originally an area that was sort of populated by the refugees who came over from Asia Minor, but it's been reclaimed. We have a movement in Athens, youth-led called Take Back Athens. And so this is an area where the youth have really taken it back and you have wonderful buzz of young people in the cafes and uh, there are places that the skateboarders can hang out. There are sort of places that the graffiti artists hang out. And if you enjoy graffiti, it's easily one of the the best places to go. And there are some amazing little pubs and, and cafes and diners that are Bohemian, they're like ruined pubs or something mm. where you go down, you step in this little door, almost no name, and you Correct. walk down a little tiny alley or a passage, and then you step into this. If Norman Rockwell was Greece and you live today, <laughs> it would be a Norman Rockwell Greek experience. Exactly. Wonderful diversity. I mean, it's fun. I mean, when I take uh, groups down there and point out all the different things that are to do, and the first thing that usually hits people is, whoa, the graffiti. But uh, when yeah. you take them around and show them, and it's, you know, Americans sort of think graffiti. What is You know, that? this is very important. And i got to admit, I do not like graffiti. No. Like uh, Philippos was talking about it. If tagging moved into my neighborhood, I would join some committee, some action <laughs> group to get rid of it, you know. But it's a reality in so much of Europe. And I think if you live there, it's just like you can't complain about the weather. This is the way it is. You got yeah. graffiti everywhere. Yeah. And it's a reminder there's a different strata of people out there and they're running around with spray cans after midnight, you know. This is right. Uh, but it is an art form and you can actually take a tour and mm-hmm. learn from it and see it in a more constructive and positive yeah. kind of light. And and then you're not hung up on that graffiti. It's important not to be hung up on it. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Greece with two Greek tour guides, Maria Siolas and Philippos Kanakaris. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. Irene's calling from Delta in British Columbia. Irene, Hello. thanks for the call. You're very welcome. What are your thoughts about getting off the beaten path and enjoying Athens? Have you been there? Well, I've only been there once, and it was like in 1972, so I'm sure a lot has changed. I know everybody does the Acropolis and um, Santorini and, you know, the ones that everybody's talking about, but I was just wondering if the guides had some hidden gems um, either in Athens or on the islands that they would recommend that should not be missed. You picked off the the things that everybody would know about and would want to see, the Acropolis in Athens and Santorini out in the Greek Isles. 
let's leave Athens. Let's talk about uh, the islands and also the Peloponnesian Peninsula because you can have a lot of easy Greek thrills just a two-hour drive south of Athens on the Peloponnesian Peninsula. But one way or another, we do want to have that quintessential Greek experience. Uh, Philippos, what are your favorites? First of all, thank you so much about this question because this country is not just about Santorini and Mykonos. They're beautiful, but there's more to this country. Mm -hmm. And if you go to the Peloponnese, which is the area where my parents come from, first of all, in an hour and a half, you can be in one of the most quaint cities you will find in the country of Greece, Nafplion the first capital of modern Greece. Nafplion. So this is a, a wonderful place. And uh, the, what's exciting about it is that you see all the different parts of history, the different people that conquered this area, because Greece has been mm. conquered by many. So you find ruins from the Venetians. Mm. Uh, you find the uh, ruins from the Ottoman period. And also a short drive from there, you can visit two of the most exciting archaeological sites of this country, the l mythical site of Mycenae associated mm. with the Trojan War and the best preserved ancient Greek theater in the country, which is the theater of Epidavros. So you can have an experience which encapsulate different aspects of going on holiday. From Nafplion, which is for me the most charming and just comfortable city I know of in Greece. I love Nafplion. And as you said, it's a springboard for some of the very best ancient sites. Epidavros is the famous theater. What century is Epidavros from? That's the 4th century BC. 4th century BC. And that seems old, but about a thousand years before that, we have Mycenae. Exactly. And so it's always important to remember the Mycenaeans were as ancient and mysterious to the Greeks like Socrates and Plato as Socrates and Plato are to us. So it goes way, way back. And then... Not going so far back, but you can climb from Nafplion up 999 steps. It's hot. Yes. It's a long hike. And you get to the top of that, and you find a gateway with a Venetian winged lion. Yes. Reminding it, us. It is the Palamidi Fortress made by the Venetians. They uh, ruled the city of Nafplion for centuries. And it is a very, very interesting sample of what this country is about. Different influences, different things that pushed the advancement of the arts of philosophy and civilization. And the struggle for Greece to become independent modern Greece, Absolutely. as opposed to part of the Venetian Empire, part of the Ottomans, or, or whatever. Maria, we're talking about connecting with the real Greece rather than just going to the famous Scottish tourist places. You know, yes, Mykonos is fine and Santorini is beautiful, but if you were going to go for a vacation in the Greek Isles, somebody who's lived in Athens most of your life, where would you go? Choosing a Greek island, so many, so diverse. One of the regions of the Aegean coastline, which is really coming to life now, are the Ionian Islands. So they, now those are the ones on the Italy side. Uh, that's correct. They're over on, mm. the, on the west. Because yeah, all the hippies would stop in <laughs> Corfu on the old boat ride over from, <laughs> right, from D.C. Right. But you've got really pretty little islands, Paxos, Kefalonia, mm. those kind of islands. And they're not as busy. Right. Uh, they're beautiful. They're green and lush, unlike the Cycladic Islands, which are sort of very barren. Right. And uh, you can do wonderful, there are a lot of charter boat facilities there. So okay. you could charter and these are called the, the Ionian Islands. Ionian, the Ionian islands. islands. There you go, Irene, a few ideas for your upcoming Greece trip. Thank you. And Edri is calling in from Washington, D.C. Edri, thanks for your call. Thank you for having me. First, just to let you know, I was in Greece this summer for my granddaughter's high school graduation gift. Uh, I told her to pick a, a place in the world she wanted to go, and she picked Greece. So Whoa. I had never been. That was pretty exciting. 
we went to Athens and Santorini, very traditional, and then we also went to Naxos. The comments earlier about Athens, I would really encourage people to obviously go to the Parthenon and the, those kind of places, but the parts of Athens that I fell in love with were the modern-day parts of Athens. You're never far away from antiquity, no matter where you are in the city. Right. We went to the fish market. We went to the street where there all the spices are being sold. Yeah. We went to, I can't remember the name of the bread that everyone eats. <laughs> you get from the street vendors. Uh, what we is, what is that bread? The, that, this is the kuluri. It's cool. like a pretzel. Yeah, that's it. Oh, the pretzel, that's nice. And we went to the bakery where they make it, you know, we yeah. try to see more than just the traditional tourist spot. And, and Edry, that the, was wonderful. What's interesting as I hear you talk, Edry, is it's not that tough to do. I mean, Athens is a huge city. I don't know, four million people. I mean, nearly half of all the Greeks live in Athens these days. I, they say from the top of the Acropolis, you can see half of all the people in Greece. And uh, much of the city is just nondescript sprawl that wouldn't be of a lot of interest to a tourist. But in the center, with a half an hour walk, you can go from Syntagma Square in the capital. Behind that are some wonderful museums. Just to the left, you've got the anarchists in Exarchia. And then you can hike up to the Acropolis, and you've got the old placa at the base of that, and then Siri that Maria was talking about for the trendy sort of artsy area. And then the marketplace that you're talking about really is just a few blocks from there, and locals will know just where to go for their favorite souflaki stand. Frankly, I used to just try to see the famous sites and get out, but I like Athens a lot more these days. It's got a personality. It's got a pride. It feels like it's come through different crises in the last decade, and there's a confidence in Athens. There's a celebration in Athens. I like it. Yeah, that's what we found in Athens, and that, you know, I could look and see that for some people who maybe... They haven't traveled outside of the United States often, mm -hmm. yeah. or maybe they've only gone to London or something like that. But Athens, well, it has a tough exterior in some places, Yeah, but just all sweethearts. <laughs> well, that's nice to hear. The, the people in the big city are sweethearts. And uh, you said it has a kind of a tough exterior. It used to be just so overrun with traffic. I just remember when I went to Athens, my Kleenex would turn black just because <laughs> it was so sooty. <laughs> And now they've controlled the traffic. There's more pedestrian areas. It's remarkable what Athens has done. Edry, thanks for your call. Thank you. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking with Maria Sulis and Philippos Kanakaris. And I would love to get your take on our feelings that Athens is changing. How You know, Athens has dealt with the crisis. Del Athens has dealt with the refugees, economic challenges. And um, right now, for travelers, there's a positive feeling Maria, how do you see the changes happening in Athens? Oh, it's phenomenal. I mean, it really has changed in the last five years or so. Small things, really, far more pedestrianized areas, far more tourist-friendly. We have a great infrastructure as far as getting around in the city so people can leave their cars behind, use mm -hmm. the metro systems. The Olympics were a turning point yes, in a way absolutely. for infrastructure. Yeah, and you found yourself in a big economic hole from a debt point of view, yeah. but you certainly have good infrastructure yeah. now. You yeah, can move people around. Yeah, and uh, yeah. relatively good governance, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. You can sense in Athens now there's a, mm -hmm. there's a feeling of pride. Yes, we've really gone through some tough times and continue to go through tough times as far as the economy mm -hmm. is concerned. But as I say, there is this sense in, in Athens with the people that they're taking back control of their city. They're mm -hmm. taking pride in their city, not just their city, mm -hmm. in their country in general. 
So that's important. But and it's it... tough. It's tough on a lot of people, especially the poorer. Um, yeah. You know, we're, we're running at about a 26% unemployment. Right. Uh, much higher with the youth between 18 mm-hmm. and 26. It's closer to about 45%. So we've been singing happy little songs about Greece, but there is a, a serious challenge for the people who live there. Correct. But for a traveler, we're oh. contributing. We're helping. I suppose yeah. the tourism yeah. uh, industry welcomes Absolutely. people to come. Absolutely. Philippos, we've been talking about Athens uh, and Greece and sort of the new vibe what are your takeaways on that? Mm, yes, we've been through a, a serious financial crisis, but what is really promising and what brings up hope in our lives is the fact that I felt and I still feel that there was a reshuffling in the cards of our lives. We started realizing that we need to change a lot of things and not cut ties with the past because a thing that helped a lot the Greeks is the fact that uh, there is there are strong bonds between the families. So that mm-hmm. is the reason you don't oh, see yeah. homeless people in Athens because the family stepped in, they assisted, even if you had a distant cousin or an uncle mm-hmm. or whatever relative. We stepped in, we assisted. And that is really good because it brought out again things that had been forgotten caring about the others. Mm. That's why the city of Athens, as our lovely listener said, is inhabited by people that are very friendly because the people realized again the importance of smile, the importance of caring, and also the importance of breaking out of uniformity and trying things on their own and being more individual. Why is Greece exciting now? Because a lot of younger people decided to open their own businesses. Nightlife, yes, there was always nightlife in Greece, as you really well know. But the thing is now they decided not to create a store which looks like the carbon copy of another store. Mm-hmm. That's why areas like Psyri are exciting. And that's what I love about the evening scene and the restaurant scene and the cafe scene. And, and in Athens, you just feel that positivity. That's very hopeful that because of the crisis almost, the people have come together and uh, they're working quite well for a good future and certainly a warm welcome for travelers. Filipos Kanakaras and Maria Siulas, thank you so much for letting us better understand your beautiful country. Thank you. Thank you. Each year, Rick Steves Tour Guides take thousands of free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through Europe, one small group at a time. This year, you can choose from more than 40 different vacations in Europe's best destinations, from Ireland to Greece, and practically everywhere in between. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.